Welcome back to the latest edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I am your host, Drew Champlin. Since we last talked to you guys, Alabama has picked up an elite commitment in five-star quarterback Bryce Young from out in California. Crimson Tide have had a few home games, so we'll talk to Mark about how his business is going, and then we will answer some listener questions. We get so many of those as well. Uh, please subscribe to the Champs Corner podcast on any podcast platform, Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox. Just search Champs Corner and hit subscribe and review us. We have so many listeners. We always want to add more. Please spread the word. Let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, as always, it's a pleasure to come on the podcast. It's been far too long since I've come on and talked to you about some big-time prospects, about my business ventures. I'm so excited to be back on the podcast, Drew. How are you doing? You know, Mark, I'm doing really well. It's been a it's been a pretty busy last couple of weeks, you know, watching Alabama play. I've had some tr- work travels with my own job, but uh, let's get right to the nitty-gritty. You know, people really started following you because of your recruiting acumen when we started this podcast some four years ago. This was long before you became wealthy and had your business ventures. So uh, going back to the basics here, Alabama flips five-star quarterback Bryce Young out of California, flipped him from USC. He's one of the top players in the the country. A lot of people think he's the top quarterback in the country. And I know it seems like you were telling me offline that you had been out to to, uh, Santa Ana to watch him play. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Bryce Young, what kind of quarterback he is, how big he is, and all that. Well, you're correct, Drew. I haven't seen him. I have uh, gone out there to see him play this year three times, actually. I didn't tell anyone. Uh, I don't want to be swapped by uh, by listeners and, and other media attention. I'm at the game. I'm there to to break down a player's ability, his talent and skill level. I'm not there to talk to, uh, to fans. I have a job to do, but I have gone out to see him, Drew. I think he's a fantastic player. He's a four-star player by the subscription – excuse me, subscription size, quote-unquote, but he really should be a five-star player. Uh, there's some heavy West Coast bias working against him at this point by the rankers on those sides. But he's a five-star player. Uh, to be honest with you, I have as a top ten national prospect. He's got all the tools that you're looking for. He's a little undersized, uh, but he's got the arm and the athleticism and speed to more than make up for as we saw last year with uh, with Kyle Murray and the year before that with Baker Mayfield, the two last two Heisman Trophy winners. You don't have to be a giant out there to be a fantastic football player. Absolutely. Bryce Young, 5'11", 183, and – Alabama was looking for that quarterback commit. They had more than 20 commitments so far, but had not gotten the quarterback. You know, they had Carson Beck out of Jacksonville, but he decommitted and he's going to sign with Georgia. This happened a long time ago. Uh, I think Alabama's got the better one. It's 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 kind of like when Alabama had, you know, they lost Jake Fromm and then uh, to, to Georgia, and then they end up signing to, to a tongue of Iloa. Mark, from what you hear, I know obviously you're close with Coach Helton out there at USC. You've tweeted some stuff about him, about how great of a coach he is. But uh, Nick Saban wins out here at the end. Uh, How did Alabama flip Bryce Young, Mark? Well, the main influence here was uh, the offensive coordinator, Coach Sarkeesian, who I've gotten to know personally uh, over the last four or five years pretty well. Uh, I've had – I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, Drew. It's a PG-rated podcast. I've had drinks with Coach Sarkeesian before. We stayed up late at night at the bar talking about – just talking talking ball, Drew, talking shop. And uh, he's really a fantastic influencer. He's a great leader of men. Uh, You you could easily see how a young player would be attracted to – wanting to play for him with all his experience and the pedigree that he has. So uh, Coach Sarkeesian really was 
the 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 leader here and had such a great influence on Bryce Young and his family, and he's the main reason why uh, Bryce Young is going to play for the Crimson Tide next year. Absolutely, and I know everybody wants to know this when somebody commits to Alabama, Mark. But who do you compare Bryce Young to? Uh, there's so many choices, Drew. This one was my tougher uh, comparisons, but then it hit me, and it, it, was, it was like a light bulb that came right to me. Uh, you look at his poise when he plays the game, with his natural athletic ability, uh, and the way he plays, just the, the pure skill that he exhibits when he's on the field. He reminds a lot of another guy, uh, really, after his college career, had, had a brief NFL career, but now is one of the, the leading voices in the game and really – uh, has one of the more respected opinions in the game of football and someone that everyone looks to uh, when something happens in college football for what he thinks and his take, if you will. A uh, guy from out of South Florida played uh, in the, in the mid-'90s in the ACC of Florida State. Of course, I'm talking about Danny Cannell. Do you remember Danny Cannell, Drew? Yeah, are we talking about the same Danny Cannell uh, went to Westminster in Fort Lauderdale, that Danny Cannell? Uh, that's correct, Drew. West, Westminster's a fantastic uh, program, not only athletically but academically, one of the best schools in South Florida. Uh, Danny Cannell does have Westminster as his alma mater. That's correct, Drew. Yeah, and I know um, he he now is with uh, with Fox Sports 1, does some work for CBS Sports as well. He was at ESPN for a long time before I thought unfairly they laid him off. Maybe you know different, but uh, you listen to his show on Sirius XM a lot, don't you? I do, Drew. You know, whenever I'm Ubering across the country or having somebody drive me around town, I always try to make sure to listen to his show on the uh, Sirius, the satellite radio, I think it's Sirius XM, whatever it's called. I, I think he's got fantastic opinions, Drew, and really I think that uh, he's one of the, as I say, he's one of the leading voices in the game, and I think he's as well respected as he is in the media community. I, I'm sure his media star is on the rise, and he'll be, he'll be somewhere like ESPN in no time, Drew. Yeah, hopefully he'll get back over there, Mark. Um, so, obviously, Alabama's got, you know, a question mark at quarterback next year. You know, Tua Tungvaloa is just a junior. Maybe he goes pro. A lot of people think he will. Maybe he does something else. And then behind him, you got Mac Jones, Paul Tyson, Talia Tungvaloa, and maybe, you know, maybe Alabama, if they need to fill out the roster, they, they go elsewhere. But do you think Bryce Young has the potential to start next year for Alabama in the 2020 season? I think he's got a shot, Drew. I know Alabama fans don't want to talk about it, but uh, you know, Tua, there's a chance Tua might uh, might not come back to Alabama next year. He could always go pro, or you know, he could always grad transfer to Oklahoma and play for Lincoln Riley, who I think is the best offensive coach in the country. So he's got a lot of options, but I would say at this point, I would protect predict that he would not come back. Uh, so Bryce Young to me competing against the guys like Mac Jones. Uh, I'm not sure Mac Jones has the has the the arm or the talent to to lead Alabama in the, in the modern offense that they're running. Um, so I think Bryce Young will be going against. It'll be him or or two his little brother Talia Tagovailoa. Uh, it could be a grad transfer. You know, Jake Bentley, Felipe Franks, Derek King. All those guys have expressed interest in finishing their career at Alabama. So I look at uh, it's going to be tough for him to come in and start. But I think out of all those guys I mentioned, he is without doubt the most talented. Whether he has the poise or experience to step into a true freshman start is something that uh, that we don't really know at this point. We're not going to know until next season. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to see him compete. And a lot of times when a, when an elite quarterback commits to a school, it starts to have people think, well, who's he going to bring with them? What elite prospects will he bring with them, or can he get to flip from their schools? One name that has come up is the five-star receiver, Rakeem Jarrett. And uh, – Alabama's going to sign probably four receivers this year. They're going to lose some guys to the NFL graduation transfer. They're going to need to sign a big receiver class. 
could they could they get Rakeem Jarrett to flip from LSU? There there are reports out there that he's looking harder at, at Alabama now that they have Bryce Young. Well, I think it's a distinct possibility, Drew. I'm not sure how much of it has to do with Bryce Young. Uh, if Rakeem Jarrett flips to Alabama, it's going to be because uh, LSU, the new high-powered offense, is going to be losing Joe Burrow. He's going to be out of eligibility, and Rakeem Jarrett is, you know, whoever replaces Joe Burrow is not going to have the type of success that he has on the field. So, uh, Rakeem Jarrett is up there. I think there's a chance Alabama could get him. But, again, I think it had less to do with Bryce Young and more to do with uh, Joe Burrow will be graduating uh, very soon. And speaking of Joe Burrow, he's got a big game, home game against Florida this weekend. You have consistently mentioned throughout the year that uh, Joe Burrow has been your your. You have a Heisman vote, obviously, but he's been your number one candidate as of as of right now. You know, it, is he still number one on your board? Who who would who would be your top three right now? Yeah, I think he's still number one on my board. He went up against another tough defense in Utah State this weekend. Uh, really showed out, really played maybe his most complete game that he's played all year. So Joe Burrow's without a doubt my number one. That's very difficult for, for – it's going to be very difficult for someone uh, to overtake him at this point as long as he's playing like this. Uh, you look at the numbers and statistics that Jalen Hurts has put up uh, against tough defenses in Texas Tech and Kansas. I got him at number two. And then the third best player in the country, I, I, I watched the Auburn-Florida game uh, two or three times and broke down all the plays. And it's hard for me to put uh, anybody other than Derrick Brown at number three. I think he's the best defensive player in the country, without a doubt. And I have him at number three uh, in my highs of voting at this point. But as you know, it's very fluid. Lots of things can change between now and December when I turn my vote in. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out, Drew, for right now. That's my last, that's my top three. All right. And, you know, uh, Tua Tungavalo is going to be on some people's boards. He'll get a chance after Alabama's bye week last week to continue – you know, his push for the Heisman and, and to keep Alabama at number one when they go to Texas A&M this weekend at 2.30 p.m. on CBS. We're not going to talk about that game, Mark. I want to ask you how business has been. I think it's been at least two home games since we uh, last had a podcast. We, I think the maybe it was Southern Miss and Ole Miss, if I remember right. And we had talked uh, after the New Mexico State game. But, Mark, how, how, how are Dippin' Dot sales going? Uh, Drew, it's fantastic. It's been uh, just beyond anything I could ever imagine. Selling my, my new alcohol-infused dots that I invented at uh, $17 a cup is really up the bottom line. I'm just, I'm just making so much money, Drew, and I'm so excited to tell you about it, Drew. And I'm so glad to be able to expand my wealth. And this is a message to all you young people out there. If you work hard and, uh, you know, you really have a drive and you're, you're, you're talented and smart, uh, you can you can make it maybe maybe make as much money as I do one day. I'm not promising anything, but maybe. But uh, you got a lot of chances out there to make it for yourself. Um, but, you know, again, back to the dipping dots, the alcohol infused dots on the secret menu. So you got to ask. We obviously cannot advertise that we're selling alcohol in the stadium, uh, and clearly people are willing to pay seventeen dollars for a cup. So uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, thankfully, we're blessed with a uh, unmentionable heat. Uh, at our games, this this uh, this heat wave came through, and God really blessed us. We were able to sell a lot of dipping dots. We're making a lot of money, Drew. We're excited to see what happens uh, for the games coming up. Uh, not this week, of course, but next week against Tennessee. Yeah. So obviously, it's starting to get a little bit cooler as we get into mid October, and this this upcoming game against Tennessee is going to be an eight o'clock broadcast on ESPN. Mark, how will that affect your business with the with the night kickoff? And it's probably going to be cold. 
Well, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're pretty optimistic it's going to be colder, so people are going to be, be looking for ways to, to not be as cold or, or, in other words, not feel how cold they are. So we think that we have a great opportunity here uh, with our alcohol-infused dots to help people not feel as cold and maybe warm up a bit. So uh, we're excited about it, Drew. It's a great opportunity in front of us, and we think we have a great plan uh, as the weather cools down to continue this great uh, stretch of sales that we've been on. Yeah, and, and if, from what I can remember, you're not you're, you're hoping you can get cash, and you're not really checking IDs because you want to sell as many as much dip and dots as you can, right? Well, we always prefer cash, Drew. We, we, you know, we don't like uh, lots of reasons why we don't we we use cash. One is uh, well, there's the transaction fees, and secondly, you know, we're 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 already uh, selling alcohol at the stadium, and we don't want to report that we made all this money and have to tell, maybe tell somebody one day how much money we made. It's a lot easier to handle that uh, if you're using a cash transaction. So we prefer cash. Uh, the easiest thing to do with $17 a cup is give us a 20 and then tip your uh, tip your server who's serving you the Dippin' Dots. Uh, that actually helps them. You know, we have college-age kids, uh, high school kids, uh, selling the Dippin' Dots, the, the alcohol-infused dots to the public. So you can really help them out and further their education. That'd be great for them. So – um, but yeah, to, I'm, I'm wandering right now, Drew, I apologize, but we do prefer cash with our transactions. All right. How, um, have you been seeing anyone, any members of the liberal media come up and buy some alcohol and use dipping dots? We have Drew. We, we've offered the media, uh, you know how it is. You nice to me to try to get better coverage. We members of the media and we told them and, uh, uh, the, all that the public know now, they get a free Dippin' Dots cup at every home game, and, and almost all of them have taken advantage. They they really enjoy their favorite flavors, the Span. Uh, the Span, of course, is, is designed to, to mess you up so bad that you have you don't know what you're doing, and you make bad predictions. And as you can see from the sports writers, uh, sometimes they have a lot of bad takes. A lot of that, some of that's been due to the Span that they've been consuming. So I'm not going to say anybody's name. Uh, some people go down for second and thirds, uh, sometimes fourths for the alcohol-infused dots. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Casagrande from AL.com. Uh, but that's not either here nor there, Drew. Uh, long story short, y'all come visit Dippin' Dots and get you. If you haven't tried it yet, they're fantastic. Really, it's the best thing we got on the menu. And try our alcohol-infused Dippin' Dots. Yeah, I know it's it's been a big uh... – it's been a big booming business. I'm really, I'm really happy for you and all the success you've had. I saw something on social media where it, uh, Tua Tungavaloa's father was trying to get in touch with uh, Patrick Nix after Bo Nix, the Auburn quarterback, threw three interceptions against Florida on Saturday. What uh, how, were you able? It seems like you had a tweet about that on your Twitter account. Were you able to assist in the uh, lines of communications here? Well, Drew, first off, I wouldn't be surprised if the tweet was made up. Uh, you know, you have all these reporters seeking attention, trying to get their clicks and trying to up their ad revenue for their websites. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if somebody would have maybe photoshopped that, uh, and it wasn't real at all. But but you know, I'm a big believer in corporal punishment. You know, uh, as the Book of Proverbs says, "Train a child in the way he should go, and he should not de- depart from it." I believe in that, Drew. And sometimes I believe in stricter measures if your son is a Either of your child, if you have a child, son or daughter, and they are misbehaving or are or, or, or not maximizing their potential as Bo Nix was. And I tweeted that out, Drew, and I got in some trouble for it. And I, I'm, I stand by it, Drew. I, I believe in corporal punishment. And I don't care how old the kid is. Uh, there's obviously some improvement in Bo Nix's game. And Patrick Nix is a, is a strong Christian man. And, and I'm sure he'll do the right thing in disciplining uh, his son. 
Yeah, once Marcus starts playing competitive sports and he might, you know, let's say he plays T ball and goes over three with a couple strikeouts, what's going to happen to him when he gets home? Yeah, we've already started that, Drew. You know, we already got Marcus on our weight training program, and he doesn't do his weight training program. He doesn't meet his goals for the day. Uh, he doesn't grow his muscles the way that he's supposed to at his age. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to take the belt to him, Drew, and make sure that he knows that he has to get his work in. He has to get stronger and faster and have more agility. And if he doesn't do those things, he's going to be punished for it. And, uh, and frankly, I, 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 uh, I, you know, as they say, it hurts me more than it hurts him. It really does, Drew, because it's disappointing that I would, I would have a child that would not want to be the best that he could possibly be. Yeah, I could completely understand that. Well, Mark, let's get to some listener questions. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter and through email? Well, we get some great, great questions every week, Drew. If you want to find me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, MarkJennings55. If you want to find me on email, you can find me at markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. That's one word, markbreaksdownfilm at AOL.com. Either there, Twitter's good. If you, if you email me, I'll get it. But if you, email, if you tweet at me, I'll, I'll have a lot quicker response. I can match you a lot quicker. So uh, my best que- uh, usually the best way to contact me is via Twitter. All right. We had several questions that we got from listeners as soon as we tweeted out that you were looking for some questions for tonight's podcast. We had to narrow it down from about, you know, 250,000 to these, you know, five or six here. Uh, we hear from Paul T. Graham on Twitter. Mark, congrats on your business success and the oppressive heat at September's Alabama home games. Are you doing anything special with all that new money? Maybe a nice car for Mrs. Jennings or funding young Marcus's five, two, nine plan. Thanks for being the best in the business. Well, that's, that's a great question, Paul. And again, we are having a lot of business success and uh, what we're going to do with all that money. I've got some ideas. Uh, I'm not totally sure what I want to do with it. Uh, first thing I want to do is make sure I can uh, find some loopholes in the tax system, as they say. So I've hired a new accountant, Tom. Uh, Tom's going to help me find the, 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 some loopholes in the system, uh, help me really lower my, my, my tax base, uh, really my taxable income, if you will. Um, so I, I'm very excited about Tom's going to do his magic. We've got, you know, a long way to go to April 15th, but he's got, so he's got a lot of ways for me to come up with, uh, with, with saving my money, whether it be putting it in an overseas account or, or maybe finding a new venture through which I can launder the money. I don't know yet. We haven't crossed that bridge yet, but I'm excited about all the possibilities. So thank you, Paul. That's a fantastic question. Yeah. Is this Tom, uh, common spelling T O M? That's T H O M M. T H O M M. How did uh, how did you find this guy? Or did, did your wife? Uh... Well, uh, my wife my wife met him at her. Uh, my wife met him at a, she's doing hot yoga. You know what hot yoga is, Drew? I I've, I think I've listened to a podcast on hot yoga. Bikram yoga. You listen to podcasts on hot yoga? I think I've heard uh, it was an ESPN thirty for thirty podcast uh, about a about a hot yoga instructor named uh, Bikram. Okay, well, I have to take your word for it, Drew. I don't watch any podcasts or TV shows on yoga. But my wife met him there, and she's formed a relationship with him. They got pretty close, and he told me that he could really help me out with the business. So um, I'm very excited about it. I don't know how I spelled his name that way, T-H-O-M-M. I don't know. I didn't come up with it, but uh, uh, that's what his parents named it. But I'm very excited about him, and I, um, he's been talking to my wife about how uh, he can manage my money. I'm very excited about it. And, uh, you know, he's going to save me a lot of money, Drew. All right. Well, look forward to, uh, to that as well. I think I can't wait to see what, what Tom can do with your money. 
not sure about his background or anything like that, but hopefully, uh, have you done the research on his background yet, or, or is that for another podcast? Drew, I, I, I met him once, Drew. I have complete faith in him. I don't need to do a background check. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I meet somebody, I look them in the eye, and I know what they're all about. And Tom's, Tom's, uh, Tom's, you know, straight as an arrow. He's on the up and up, and uh, I, have, I have no qualms. I don't need a background check from Tom. I know it. I know who he is just by shaking his hand, looking him in the eye. Outstanding. Hey, we hear from TD at TD445544. And uh, he says, Mark, in the twit shown below, which is a twit from uh, Darren Ravel in the national liberal media, it shows uh, Purdue universities wearing special uniforms honoring the 50th anniversary of the supposed moon landing. Did you have any dis- discussions with Mr. Byrne about Alabama also wearing special unis to honor the filming of this event, which you said happened in Sand Mountain and not really on the moon? Well, it's not I said it happened in Sound Mountain. It happened in Sound Mountain. I mean, that's that's just a fact. You know, it's like, I don't know, uh, you know, the, the moon landing was filmed in Sand Mountain. That's a fact. So it was filmed in Sand Mountain. Uh, so I think this is a tweet from Darren Ravel. Is that correct, Drew? Uh, yeah, TD retweeted Darren Ravel. Yeah, so Darren Ravel, really one of the best Twitter followers out there. If you're into sports and the business side of sports, he really has some some great insights. I think he's a fantastic Twitter follower, so everybody should go follow him immediately. Um, frankly, if, if I'm Purdue here, I, I'm, I'm looking for ways for maybe there's some uh, remuneration uh, for, for you know, putting the moon landing on the helmets, considering the moon landing was filled in the sand mountain, the moon landing wasn't real. So I wonder if they could possibly sue someone for that. Maybe they could sue the United States government. That would be an interesting lawsuit, especially when it comes to discovery. Uh, but, but honestly, yeah, I've not had any discussion with Mr. Byrne about putting anything uh, Sand Mountain related on the Alabama helmets. All and right. I don't think they should, really. I think that the state of Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide should represent the entire state and, and not just one part of the state where they filmed the moon landing. Oh, no, no doubt about it. We hear from Lance at Check the Hole. Uh, Mark, thanks for all you do. Is it weird that I like Folgers coffee made at home better than Starbucks? He would appreciate thoughts on this from the best in the biz. No, Drew, I don't think it's weird at all. Frankly, I, I think I talked about this on a previous podcast. Uh, I, my days are running together. I don't remember as well. But coffee is a coffee is a caffeine injection device. It's not designed to taste good. It's designed to wake you up and get you going in the day. So whatever you can do at the cheapest is what you should do. So you should definitely, you know, Folgers, if you like it better than Starbucks, that's fantastic. I, I would like the cheaper brand better than the expensive brand just because I know when I drink it that I've how much money I'm saving. So I'm not spending $4 on a cup of coffee. I'm spending 12 cents or whatever. So, uh, and uh, I don't think it's weird at all that you like Folgers made at home. Uh, make it however you want to. Uh, I, I think that uh, you, you, it's America. It's a free country. You can, you can drink your coffee however you want. All right. We hear from Gary Lloyd at Gary A. Lloyd. He says, he asks, Mark, a prominent prominent high school football coach recently talked to me about the importance of using Twitter in a positive way. How important has this platform been for you and your many successful business ventures, news breaking, and film reviews? Thanks for all you do. Well, I'm a big fan of, of communication and, and really speaking to people. That's why I love Twitter so much. I can share my wisdom uh, share my knowledge and expertise with the world. And apparently it gets turned on to become a pretty big thing. Drew, I think you told me we were over 4 million followers on the Twitter account. And, uh, as of this week, and I'm so excited about that. And, and, you know, it's great for advertising, letting people know 
where Dippin' Dots is, but also like it. I enjoy, uh, you know, breaking news, sharing that with people, uh, you know, sharing player evaluations with people, and really getting in touch with my fans on, on Twitter is really the best part about it. All right. We hear from Drew Smalley, at Drew Smalley, and he had retweeted a Madison Academy 2022 offensive line prospect named Caden Young, and that is spelled K-A-D-E-N. He says, Mark, 2022 offensive line prospect Caden Young recently tweeted that he would appreciate you giving him a player comparison. Since he goes to Madison Church of Christ Academy, I know this is his first recruitment to navigate. Uh, can you help him out? Also, from breaking down his film, have you seen any future business manager potential in young Caden? Well, I'll answer the second question first. It's kind of difficult to answer. I do I do like his leadership abilities on the field as an offensive lineman. So, I think he's got some potential there. Uh, again, he's only 14 years old. got a lot of growth to do uh, by the time he graduates from high school, maybe takes over the business or becomes an intern uh, and then goes on to better things. But uh, – uh, it's all a player comparison. Caden Young goes to Madison Church of Christ Academy, same same school that uh, really one of the best running backs in recent memory came. Carry uh, on Johnson came from, so he, he's uh, gone. He's got a, a school obviously got some good coaching. Uh, really knows what he's doing, and had there's a, now a pipeline there uh, to Division One programs. And when I look at Caden Young play, he reminds a lot of another guy uh, from Edgewood Academy in the state. Uh, went to Auburn like Carrion Johnson did. Of course, I'm talking about Prince Tegawanago, Drew. Do you remember Prince Tegawanago? Yeah, he's the guy that you found out of Nigeria, right? That's absolutely correct, Drew. Found Nigeria, sent him to the state of Alabama, and, uh, you know, look where he is now. He's going on to uh, so much better things and now also in Division One program. Absolutely. Such a great success story. Uh, we will wrap the podcast up with this question from Protective Stadium. Um, I don't know if it's a stadium with a Twitter account or maybe a uh, person running a stadium's Twitter account. Mark, thanks for your industry insights. How many dip and dot stands should somebody anticipate when building a new stadium? As you know, they are building this stadium in downtown Birmingham, and uh, obviously the Birmingham Iron would have been playing there if not for the closure of the Alliance of American Football. So is this came from a stadium? Yeah, at Protective Stadium, STDM. Okay. This, this is the person running the count, right? We'll just have to assume so. Maybe like anthropomorphizing the stadium or something. All okay. right, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. We'll, we'll work with this. So uh, the question is how many dipping Dot stands? Well, how many dipping Dot stands should you hold? My thoughts are you should have one for every portal. Uh, it's all about convenience. Uh, you want to make it convenient for your customer. I think it should be one for every portal. If you can't do that, I'd make sure to have them strategically spread out, maybe have six on each side of the stadium. Uh, I haven't seen the designs for the stadium. I don't know if it's upper deck or not. There's two, two levels, if not just one deck. But I would, I would, I would, if I am designing the layout as to where the Dippin' Dot Stadium should go, I would want one for every portal where the fans go in and out. If not, I would like six on each side of the stadium and then maybe two on the north and south end. So that's what, 16? I think 16 is probably a decent number. Uh, it'd be not be optimal, of course, but I think you could get away with having 16 dip and dot stands in your new stadium. Yeah, and it's a one-level stadium. It's going to be. Uh, I think they want to see maybe is between 45 and 55 thousand. I think it's somewhere in that in that range, maybe closer to 50, 55. But uh, should be a lot. I know back when the Birmingham Iron, when you were still part owner of the group, uh, 
you had bigger designs for this stadium. Am I right? Yeah, Drew, we had two levels. We had a dome uh, ready to go retractable roof, obviously, but uh, unfortunately that didn't work out. We didn't have the support of the city uh, and the mayor. So protective stadium, if you're still listening, uh, you know, make when you're talking with the people of Birmingham, you got to be real careful. Uh, some of the people stab you in the back and say things to your face that they obviously don't mean and make promises that they don't intend to keep. So I'd be very careful, protective stadium, about who you work with in the city of Birmingham. Uh, if you want more, any more info, you can uh, direct message me. We have maybe a conversation uh, in private uh, about who in Birmingham you can't trust. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so good luck to you, uh, Protective Stadium, and uh, thank you for for asking a question uh, to the to the podcast. Absolutely, I should have said Uptown Birmingham, not Downtown, but in that area around the Birmingham Jefferson Convention Complex. That will wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner Podcast. Please search and subscribe on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin, C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Follow Mark, Mark Jennings, 55. Mark, thank you so much for joining me this week. Drew, as always, thank you so much. I hope to do it again real soon. I hope you have a great, uh, great evening, Drew, and have a great weekend. All right, you as well, Mark, and we will talk to you guys.